0: I what you have to do against this guy, yeah. More in the mood for a beer right now. Um. <laughs> Hello and welcome, welcome back to the backhanders here on this podcast. Well, we bring you all the ins and the outs from the great game of tennis. We cover each tennis slam, we are unafraid to slam tennis, and to do that, I have with me a man with a three centimeter tear in his heart after he was comprehensively beaten in the tennis podcast predictions on this (laughs) very podcast. Cutters, how are you faring?
1: Lightning, not great. Uh, Was doing better about 30 seconds ago before that intro and that (laughs) timely reminder of my ineptitude when it comes to predictions. But what I lack in predictions, I make up for in sexiness, which absolutely suits (laughs) the audio format. Listeners, just imagine... Brad Pitt, waxing lyrical for the next 40-odd minutes. Um, And Lightning, I come to you from my wonderful abode here in freezing Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. I had to get out of town, Lightning. The two giant egos of the Joker and I, the city's not big enough for the two of us, so I had to get my skates on and get out of there because we were doing okay in week one and two, but by the time he peaked for that final... The swelling doth not permit cadders to be in the vicinity. So I hightailed out of there and uh, I'm just enjoying my best life in the Nordic village here.
0: Well, wise to evacuate. Uh, Wise to evacuate. Wise
1: to ejaculate? I agree. (laughs) As that retro poster on my local GP's wall in the waiting room states.
0: (laughs) It does lower the risk of heart disease, so always good to know, which is why I'm starting my stroke for strokes campaign later this year.
1: If that's the antidote to the three centimetre tear in my heart, then I'm here for it.
0: And I'd like to also say a farewell to the rest of our female listenership. But alas, Cat has allowed me to steer this ship back onto more sporting based terrain. Mm. And that is to remind the listeners what they would already know. And that is the big, huge news story that came out of the Australian Open. That was Novak Djokovic, who took out his 22nd grand slam. Unbelievable, tying Nadal as the most amount of slams on the male side, too short of Margaret Court and, of course, Serena Williams. But nonetheless, a huge achievement to go past comfortably Roger Federer and now have 10 Australian Opens under his belt cutters. He's now been in 10 Australian Open finals. He has won them all. The man is an absolute genius. Despite the clash of egos, you must have been amazed by the man's efforts. Incredible,
1: Lightning. And I'd been caught sleeping at the wheel. I didn't realise that... Obviously, the Australian Open offers a loyalty card, nine clips, and you get a 10th title for free. (laughs) So once Novak got his paperwork in order to enter the country, it was a foregone conclusion, Lightning, a mere formality.
0: It was. And we did hear from the man himself that of all of his 22 Grand Slams, he rated this one as the hardest. You know, he rated this one as the most... Hard fought, you know, to be so up against it, cutters. Having no Roger Federer around anymore. Having a hobbling, legless Rafael Nadal who made it through a couple of chump rounds. Having no world number one who pulled out before the tournament. Having no Medvedev in form. Having no Curios around as the only man who boasts a winning record against him. A Berrettini going out early. I mean, it was just such a hard task to make it through. <laughs> Those bunch of B-graders he played. But, but, but you know, I, I shouldn't downplay what an amazing effort it was to make it to the final. Of course, knowing that he had seven night matches he was slated for, the first time that's ever happened on the man's side. He would later go on to say that his preferred conditions of any tennis court in the world is Rod Laver at night with the particular balls that were used. That, of course, no one else on the men's side liked using those particular balls. But, of course, it was such a hard... Slam to win, Cutters. You know, it was easily the most impressive of all these Grand Slams. Even Cutters, that he couldn't train this year. He couldn't train on his days off because of the pretend injury that he needed to fake to gain more sympathy from his fans, you know. And it meant there was nothing to do in Melbourne on his days off, Cutters, if he couldn't train here in the arts and culture capital of the nation. You know, he was just left to sit and sulk around town. So I just feel for him. All of that, Cutters. I mean, what an effort knowing that, to then get the whole way through the tournament and beat Tommy Paul in the semi-final. I mean, that is incredible. So how did you make out the greatest Grand Slam victory of all time?
1: Well, Lightning, I was as surprised as he was, as illustrated by that 22-Slam custom jacket he produced mere minutes (laughs) after defeating Sitsi in the final.
0: I think the detail in the back also said a straight-cess victory in the final. (laughs) That's the thing, Lightning. It would
1: have been extremely stressful to both be trying to win a major Grand Slam and Mm. produce the level of merchandise on demand (laughs) that him and his team were managing. I don't know if you saw Goran and the rest of Joker's family pulling on the 10 Australian Opens yes. t-shirt oh. before Novak had time to shake hands with the umpire. And that can't be understated, <laughs> no. Lightning. I mean, not easy for Novak to go into a battle with itsy Sitsy, obviously asking for some strategic advice, where Goran's spending his whole time on the phone, <laughs> lining up merch.
0: <laughs> That's right. I just thought it was coincidental that his team were... Particular surfers, and had their Hang 10, you know, T-shirts on underneath. It just all tied in very well. The synchronicity of it all, cutters It was just meant to be. I want to know, too, what kind of jacket he would have plucked out had he lost to Tsitsipas in that final. <laughs> was there a – it was a 12-inch tear in my hamstring, you know, emblazoned <laughs> on the back.
1: Yeah, they were going to have some emergency seamstresses on the sidelines changing it to 2.2-inch tear <laughs> on the jacket. <laughs> And Humble is always in victory. I liked how Goran announced in the press conference afterwards that he'll be officially changing his name to Itsy is my bitch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Goran will be right on to manufacturing that brand as we speak. (laughs)
1: But speaking of the Oviches and the Oskies Mm. of our world's lightning, I could not get over how on the various nights we were at the open, oh. Novak was playing on center court, the amount of Serbian fans oh. that had infiltrated the grounds Amazing. of Melbourne Park. It was phenomenal. Mm. Forty, fifty thousand. Yeah.
0: 50,000, it seemed like to me. 46,000, cutters. There was 46,000 there, <laughs> breaking the record last year of 30,000. It's just unbelievable. We
1: surely do not have that many serves in the whole of Australia, no. which I can only imagine was some sort of deal brokered as an apology to Novak that, yes, we will reinstate your visa and that of every one of your countrymen <laughs> to get one visit <laughs> down under in 2023. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. Well, it's time for our opening segment, a segment called Come On, in which we revisit the open that was and share our highlights. What is it that got you excited from this 2023 Grand Slam?
1: Well, Lightning, we've paid a lot of attention to Novak, but on the women's side, that's what I'm excited about from this year's tournament. Mm. One, Arena Sabalenka, Mm. huge fan. Probably the only major drawback is the fact that we can't really riff puns off her name, but we'll work on that. We'll workshop it. Get our research team onto it. Mm. Get a research team and get a research team (laughs) then to be onto it. And Lightning, just, I love a story against adversity. And in the case of Arena Sabalenka, obviously formerly of Belarus, currently of the Arctic Circle, (laughs) playing for the great white flag in the sky... (laughs) And this woman, only 12 months ago, had what we sports experts refer to as the yips. Yes. Know that it's not a racist term for your next-door neighbour who's from a country you've never heard of. <laughs> it's the inability to serve or perform under pressure. And her serve, 12 months ago, had gone to the dog's lightning. It was ridiculous. Well,
0: it had gone to the yips, I think. <laughs> Don't tell my mom I said it. Don't tell my mom I said that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and this time last year, she was literally serving 20 to 25 double faults. Yeah. She has always had a power game, incredible strength, hmm. but. So do I it's a matter of actually getting the ball inside the lines anyone can roll up in Arnie cosplay and expect to blast their opponent off the court but it's the nuance that she was lacking
0: she was overly celebratory whenever she made it to 180 Ks on the serve and but no 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 it's it's got to land in it's got to, <laughs> exactly. there's a square on the ground. Got to go yeah. in there. As mm.
1: cute as it is that you're able to send catches to row F, that's not really <laughs> the purpose of this sport. So she got a coach that explained the fundamentals of the sport, which mm. I'd hoped would have come across in her childhood. <laughs> and she then went back to basics. And by back to basics, I mean literally underarm <laughs> serving in professional yes. tournaments in 2022. <laughs> So that was a low point. I think at one stage, her opponents were even allowing her the doubles tram lines just to try and coax her back into a top 50 ranking. And I just think she was playing as if she had the weight of the world on her shoulders. Mm. She had a monkey on her back, Lightning, which, side note, people don't realize in Belarus, you actually train with a monkey on your back. So
0: (laughs) that is correct. It it might also explain why her serving was so up the creek. I mean, I don't know (laughs) if you've tried serving with a monkey on your shoulder, but... That's right. So part
1: of her relocation to the Arctic Circle allowed her to bid farewell to said monkey Mm. and move on. And I can totally relate to this. I've had similar doubts in my past. Um, I recall a few years ago when I started that pyramid scheme business, uh, (laughs) investing in blood diamonds, there was a voice (laughs) in my head, albeit slightly muted, (laughs) Questioning the validity of such a decision. But I powered on Lightning. And after having met with my personal mental coach, Kat Pash, he assured me not to overthink things. And he taught me the KISS principle, Lightning. Keep it selfish, shithead. (laughs) But I can sense that Arena adopted a similar mentality. The keep in serve, Sabalenka. And that's really... Served her well. Pardon <laughs> the pun, which I'm having to lean on because your name offers me nothing. So, with this power of the mind, I've noticed a new warrior step forward this tournament, and mm. she was unstoppable, lightning. I don't know yeah. if you noticed, she has the bold tattoo of the tiger on her forearm, you know, which yeah. is obviously the national animal of the Arctic Circle. <laughs> but it just represents for me. The best mental transformation ever.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's
1: like a Kanye West in reverse. (laughs) (laughs) And I did bump into a certain Arena Sabalenka at the airport on my way to Copenhagen. I was on my way towards the security checkpoint. Oh, yes. And who walked up beside me, but someone who looked a lot like Arena Sabalenka. So I wasn't quite sure. You never know. (laughs) I didn't notice a monkey on her back, so I was second-guessing. Sure enough, next to her was her coach, who I'd seen a lot of on television, holding in a sack what suspiciously looked shaped as a giant trophy. And at that point, I turned to her and said, Bloody good match last night. You did well. And she said, Yeah, I thought so too. (laughs) Thanks. And my only criticism... How can it be that when I went through security, I had to unpack everything for this suspicious object, which was my podcasting mic. Yet Arena walks through with a three-foot metal trophy that I'm sure was harboring native flora and fauna. And possibly housing a small monkey. (laughs) Absolutely. And no one batted
0: an eyelid. So rules for some, Lightning? I don't know. Exactly. They pull you up and let a poo just pass all the way through. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, it was an incredible victory, Katz, for her to win in three very impressive sets. It was a fantastic game of tennis, but they are, Katz, going to have to find a new name for her. I mean, Arena Sabalenka, they used to call her Arena because that was how much space she needed to serve. (laughs) Whereas she could yet have a tennis player named Court now that she can actually land it. Maybe it's Service Box Arena. Might be the name that she adopts (laughs) from this point on.
1: We can only hope. And I do look forward to them renaming the Margaret Court to the Savalenko Arena (laughs) next year. There was a pun there, Lightning. I knew we'd get there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She'll wait long enough. (laughs) Lightning, what are you excited about? Oh, I'm excited, Katas, that we found a pun in her name. And it (laughs) took us, you know, it took us 10 minutes, but uh, 10 minutes well spent. But for me, Katas, the thing that excites me even more than that is the fact that we have an open slam race. Mm. And I'm not talking about the players on court, because I think uh, Djokovic will probably win the next 12 anyway. (laughs) So that's kind of wrapped up. And, you know, women's side, there's a few at the top, got that down. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about. The race between the slams for mm-hmm. whose is the greatest slam. And the Australian Open has for so long, had has been absolutely head and shoulders above the rest oh, by course. streets. Yeah. And yet this year it was shit. And for <laughs> that, I'm excited. Because now the race is open. Other tournaments, other Grand Slams have a shot at actually laying claim to being one of the better slams. Uh, th- the Shat could yet feature in the top five slams for the year. <laughs> uh, don't put it past them, Cutters. The French could yet pull their finger out. And the reason, is, I should explain. For me, it was a really disappointing tournament. Firstly, the letdown of technology. I don't know whether you saw the mixed doubles. I'm assuming as a tennis fan, you would have chosen not to. <laughs> But for those who hadn't heard, there was a mixed doubles match on. and Aussie playing first point of the match. Steps up to the line, tosses the ball, lands it, gets over the net. Sabalenka's off to the side, clapping wildly. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. What is this witchcraft? <laughs> but what was amazing was he serves. And then, of course, the automatic now lines voice echoes around the stadium. Out. And the player kind of goes to turn back to his mark, but then kind of hesitates. And all the players on court pause, look around, and the player then questions the umpire, sorry, wasn't that in? And then... On court, they show on the large screen a replay of the ball landing in the very centre of the service square. (laughs) Thus, demonstrating, one, how shit our Australian tennis players are, that they can't get the ball anywhere near the lines, whilst simultaneously demonstrating how crap the technology was. So, of course, the umpire quickly gets on the phone, mumble, 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 and then reports back to the players on court, apologies, we'd had the Hawkeye set to the wrong side of the court. (laughs) So, of course... But it shows, Catters that there's some faults. There's some creases to be ironed out. This is not the Australian Open we know. No, I have not been to an Open where there has been so much talk about the flipping balls. I mean, I would love to look at the actual tennis, but every conversation was about... The terribleness of these balls, of course, other than the Joker, everyone thought they were the worst balls. I don't know what you made of them, Catters, but it just felt as though not a single player was on board with the choice of these Dunlop balls.
1: I agree, Lightning. They were terrible. I mean, as you know, in my case, they were exploding in the stands, so they really (laughs) need to get that looked at. I tend to agree. I think you being the person I know you as, you're quite short-sighted, and that's no surprise, so... Let's look back to week one. Week one was box office lightning. Yeah. Muzzle was keeping us up late. All of the stars were shining. Things were on the up. Week two, not so much. So it's like huh. if week one was Citizen Kane, week two was the hangover three. You get the good <laughs> with the bad. The pendulum had <laughs> swung. And my biggest issue was that week one... All of these epics played out. By week two, did you notice that pretty much every match was straight sets? I don't know if you were too busy watching mixed doubles being the (laughs) saddest you are, but I can only imagine that a memo went out from Craig Tiley on the middle weekend saying, right, listen up, you little bastards. (laughs) You've kept our ball kids up late enough this week. Could you just do us the favor of rolling over top of each other? in a non-sexual way. There was a diagram to illustrate his comments and just get the job done. And didn't they just do that? Of course, it helps that the way the whole draw was loaded, it was half chumps, half megastars, or in the case of Novak, it was 99.9% chumps (laughs) may contain traces of a top 10 player. And... I reckon they had some sort of handshake agreement that whoever wins the first set gets yes. to just <laughs> yes. romp through and put the other out of their misery. So it didn't exactly make for primetime viewing.
0: No, it wasn't so much the straight sets. It was the straight jacket that the player had to play in for the <laughs> sets two and three that made the tennis unwatchable. Exactly. Every
1: time I have a bagel, I'm just trying before the match, I'm just thinking, okay, today I better don't eat the bagel today.
0: Well, Cutters, it's a great chance now the Open's over to look back and to focus on those who are fedding up, those who are delivering on their potential, those who are pooing down, failing to cash in on all the skills at their disposal. Cutters, after this strain Open, who's you fed up, who's your poo down? Well, Lightning,
1: those listeners who know me well will attest to the fact that I'm not a great apologizer. Mm. I find it very hard to admit on the rare occasions when I've been wrong. And in this case, I'll cop to it. And I want to formally apologize to the United States of America. I said some things in an earlier podcast that might have suggested that your players weren't, in fact, players at all. They were rather just (laughs) random chumps, wielding rackets, attempting to get within a snowball's chance in hell of the top 50. And I'm not proud of it. I was at the time. I was up until (laughs) this last fortnight. But... Clearly, the surveillance balloon that I was chartering across North America had fed me wrong information. (laughs) (laughs) And lo and behold, on the men's side, I think I mentioned around Wimbledon last year that there Mm. wasn't an American in the top 30 for the first time in 50-odd years. Well, the third round of the Australian Open saw eight American men still in. And I found that utterly phenomenal to be honest i mean americans like shelton brooksby paul and wolf i thought these were characters on the oc Uh, but it's as if the cosmic tennis gods raided a frat house and blessed them with slightly better than mediocre tennis talents and i'm here for it lightning so clearly we have someone in a high position within u.s tennis who's listening to this podcast Mm. Using it as fuel yes. to push the next generation along. And firstly, I'm just stoked that someone's listening to this podcast <laughs> and a shout out to them. So, if these authorities are listening and have the influence that we suspect they do to correct the course, I've just created a small shopping list lightning mm-hmm. of my wrongs that need to be righted. Mm. The Sex in the City 4 is currently in pre production. <laughs> Washed up billionaires with political ambitions. Red hot chili peppers still making new music. And I've got here guns. I guess a lack of them. A lack of access to them. And for my poo down lightning, it is Tennis Australia.
0: Wow. Yeah. Not not Craig and Craig Tiley and Tennis Australia catters, Surely not.
1: Yeah. As you said, rightly so. Craig and... Craig and Craig it's a he runs a tight ship lightning it feels like it's Craig and his team of witness protection outcasts but they have let me down and the main reason being that they've been half assed in their embracing of new technology we've seen some great progress in the last few years we've Mm. seen lines people Mm. taken out to pasture (laughs) and replaced with bots I'm all for that We've seen roofs on various stadiums yeah. that can close at the press of a button. Mm. But yet, how can it be that we're still rocking this medieval approach to drying a court? Oh, On the rare occasion that it rains in Melbourne, you know, it only happens two or three times a day in yeah. the middle of summer. Yeah. How are we drying the courts? Do we have some sort of equipment that we've developed? Mm. I mean, I grew up with you going to the cricket. 30 years ago, they had a super yeah. sopper. Super sopper. Yes. Exactly. That was basically a bastardized tractor with some sort of giant sponge on the front, but we made it work. <laughs>
0: and we called it super. <laughs> and we called it super. And it sopped lightning. Oh how it, <laughs> oh, it sopped. So- <laughs> it sopped with the best of them. Exactly. It was sopping
1: awesome. And what is Tennis Australia doing? Well, mm. I don't know whether it's some form of punishment to keep the ball kids humble. And if it is, I'm all for it, Lightning. But they're still requesting that an army of 20 to 30 children (laughs) soak up every drop off the court with small (laughs) Ralph Lauren towels. And I can't help but think, (laughs) what sort of coin they're burning in towelage, Lightning? This is not your local Dimmies and Forges (laughs) three-for-one discount towel. This is Ralph (laughs) Lauren. In the hands of children. I know. And I'm taken aback by it, Lightning. How do you know, the world has moved on, I can tell you now. Yeah. Child labour, less <laughs> smiled upon than it used to be. Yes. I wouldn't go so far as frowned upon, but somewhere in the middle. And we've just had the World Cup in Qatar. They can air condition 80,000 seat stadiums, yet you're still sending out foot soldiers. <laughs> To get on hand and knee and scrub a dub. I would call this the simple sopper approach, Lightning.
0: And I'm calling it out. And it is so disappointing when there are plenty of linesmen that they could grab, put down like a sausage roll and just push them down the court and it'd be done in no time. I mean, there are alternatives that aren't being explored.
1: That's right, Lightning. It's a repurposing. You're a linesman because we roll you along the lines to sop up all of the excess moisture. What's your fed up, Lightning?
0: My fed up, catters is is a woman who, well, I think has been close to uh, someone I've wanted to fed up for a long time. That is Mirka Federer, Mm. uh, wife of the great man of the GOAT. Why are we fedding up Merk Well, Cutters, for me, it was one of the great trolls we witnessed during this Australian Open. As we all know, Roger was no longer playing tennis, but was at Fashion Week in Paris. Mm. It's a place that, let's face it, he's probably been doing his best work the last few years <laughs> uh, rather than on the court. And this year, no exception, and in retirement, was swanning it up and making headlines just as Novak was about to capture his slam. But of course, the moment of genius, whilst everyone is in wonderful silky gowns and very mono-colour attire, Merka, she was in what looked like a Christmas sweater, which had on it, clear as all get out, a goat on the front of what she was wearing. And, of course, the Twitter sphere went absolutely bonkers. And it was brilliant. And, of course, all the chatters about, did she mean it was an intentional, is she trying to do the two-finger salute? And, of course, that was very strongly answered when she took off her jacket and turned around and said, up your butt, joker, you twat. Then there was no doubt that, yes, she was indeed trying to make... A very pointed statement. It was impressive.
1: <laughs> I'd heard that she'd originally pitched to go in a two-man goat suit <laughs> with her husband, <laughs> but Roger thought it was a little bit too overt. And just to top it off, I love the fact that she then went down the catwalk and was vaccinated live on stage.
0: <laughs> I believe it was the goat walk. <laughs> okay, so <sorry. laughs> And, Catters, my poo-down is... Uh, the poo. It is indeed Mark Philippoussis, who in his heyday, we can suggest, didn't deliver on what his role was, and that was to win games of tennis. And Mm. well, we can say that again, he's failing to do so because he has been pulled into the coaching setup of none other than Stefanos Tsitsipas. So there he was in the final, sitting next to Apollos and just gently tapping his shoulder from time to time and trying to remove the plates so that they didn't, you know, get turfed onto the court. <laughs> but, of course, he's pooing down, Cutters, because he wasn't able to get Sitsi up. It's as simple as that. And uh, we had a great insight from Sitsi's on-court interview around, well, the fact that Pooh's really not quite hitting the mark. We heard his live on-court interview with Jim Correa when he was asked about Phil what the Scud's bringing to your game? And Tsitsipas, of course, said, oh, he's, um, he's teaching me the this, this serve and volley, which I never use, <laughs> 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 which was great. So, the scud is teaching him a new skill, and Tsitsipas is doing nothing with it, which is pretty much <laughs> the same as the Pooh's career. He had skills, <laughs> but he did nothing with it. So, Mark <laughs> Philippousis, for me, this week, you are my down. He also taught me to make a mean
1: omelette. Unfortunately, I'm allergic to eggs, but <laughs> it's just nice to have in the kit bag going forward.
0: <laughs> yep, you never know when you might not want those eggs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and look, special mention whilst I'm pooing down those who haven't quite delivered for me. Uh, I think anyone who witnessed Sitzerpass's very heartfelt encore interview about his desire to give back. To the nation that he's adopted as his second home here in australia and of course he was mm. bringing the fans with him uh you know high population of greek people here in melbourne and he had the fans eating out of his hands and was asked about what he wants to do worry to win with his philanthropic efforts and he suggested that if he was to win this tournament he'd love to offer his money back to something beyond tennis and He said that he noticed that Victoria claims to be the education capital. So, on court, live, going into televisions across the state, Tsitsipas promised to build a school here in Victoria, in the privileged, overdeveloped state of Victoria in which education is free and accessible everywhere. Tsitsipas promised to deliver that Tsitsipas... School of stuff. It was amazing, Cadiz, and just was so reminiscent of Zoolander and his school for kids who don't read good. So stay tuned for whatever Tsitsipas' school is going to be.
1: That was clearly a suggestion from his new coach, the Scud, who is particularly good at offering things that will never be needed. <laughs> I heard Sitsi later showed up at the hotel and Made an impromptu announcement in the foyer that he was going to provide clean water for all staff and family of staff.
0: Please don't patronise me. I'm I, not I, I would have, you no, know. no. You are in the way no, you're asking in the way me. you're asking your question. You have been quite disrespectful and you are patronising me. I'm a professional competitor who did her best today. It's time to wrap things up, and of course, we do that by revisiting our predictions. And man, it's uh, something I'd. Really love to do right now, just to uh, have a really good look at our prediction. So, let's do it, shall we? How did you go, Catters? Lightning, you bastard.
1: <laughs> you know this is a sore point for me. <laughs> I had humbled myself enough to select an American pre-tournament, yes. Taylor Fritz, yes. assuming that his doctor would magically find a way in any scenario, but mm. no... Tay-Tay dumped out in, what, the second round?
0: Yeah. He really needed to uh, doctor the tournament and the draw. <laughs> um,
1: that was his only hope. Yeah. <laughs> and Igor what can I say? I mm. thought the world number one was a blue chip offering, but uh, alas, she couldn't handle the heat in the kitchen. So... Mm. Things haven't really progressed. You know I've been lobbying for some time that we reset and recalibrate our predictions at the semi-final stage (laughs) of each Grand Slam. But apparently, no, that's not the way we operate here at Backhanders HQ.
0: (laughs) Certainly not this year, Catters, when (laughs) I very accurately predicted both the champions on the men's and the women's. From the very outset of the tournament, Caters, I cannot believe you went past Djokovic, who was presented not only with his trophy, but the silver spoon from Craig Tiley that he'd had throughout this entire tournament. So for you to predict anyone other than the Joker is unbelievable. But yes, I had the Joker and Sabalenka, that for me was more of the Deep Weeds prediction, but... uh. Yep, after a poo went bounding off her shoulder, I knew she was in with a shake. So I was pretty happy with my takings this year and getting the 90% cut of all our earnings for this financial year. So I'm going to have a Scrooge McDuck-style bath in all the notes that I'm going to withdraw tonight, cutters. I think it's worth mentioning that not only did we have Djokovic and Sabalenka as Slam champions, we actually did have some Australians cutters, and that is mm-hmm. in the men's doubles. The defending champions were not there. That was Kokanakis and Curios, but it was another group of Aussie battlers of champions that were at wildcard entrants and yet went all the way through, as Kokanakis and Curios did last year, to become the eventual winners in this year's Open. So Rinky Hijikata and Jason Kubler, known Rinky and Jason as the Ringer Warriors. Which I thought was fantastic and much better than the alternative they were going to go with of kinky. So I thought that they've landed that well, and congratulations, lads, on being slam champions. You would have followed that very closely on the men's doubles catters.
1: I did at the start, but upon realising that both names were unpunnable, I dropped them like a like a frozen arctic monkey lightning. <laughs>
0: Kat, each year we focus on a horse. This year it was the show horse. Is there anything you saw in this year's Open that alerted you to a show horse on show? Not from
1: my predictions, Lightning. Surprise, mm. surprise. <laughs> my show horse prediction did about as well as my main race course predictions, and that was straight to the glue factory. But <laughs> I did come across Victoria Azarenka's press conferences, and I found them to be mm-hmm. notable for the fact that she felt the need to wear her Dior sunglasses through every session and wax lyrical about how her therapy sessions have made her a better person. And if there's anything I enjoy more than tennis itself, it's those that play it lecturing me on how I can become a more actualized version of myself. So I noticed as well that she was getting in trouble for wearing a Paris Saint-Germain football shirt in her warm-ups yes as a message she wanted to send to her son and Mm. all i can say to you victoria is could i suggest whatsapp (laughs) or just an old school postcard lightning i mean there are options available (laughs) i can only presume her all white outfit at wimbledon lightning was a reminder to her husband to pick
0: up milk on the way home Well, it is time to bid farewell, to sign off on another Australian Open. And listeners, of course, in the meantime, join us on Facebook. Join us through Instagram and make sure you subscribe to our podcast and share the love. Let friends know about the joy that is the backhanders. But until we meet again, if you're thinking of starting a school in the Swiss Alps, for underprivileged children of bankers who can't quite afford to build that third-storey floor on their ski chalets. And just remember, there's a tennis podcast that could really do with some money for a fictitious research team they're trying to get off the ground. Until then, just remember, to be quiet, please. <laughs>